0: Hey, and welcome to the pathway church podcast we're so glad you're here to join us we hope that this podcast inspires you to live life both for God and your city make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes and remember to leave us a five-star rating enjoy the message pathway how you doing y'all doing all right today it's good to see you. And uh, so, so honored to be here with you guys. Want to thank everybody for tuning in online and want to say a special welcome to everybody over at Airport Campus. I love you guys so, so very much. And uh, it's an honor to be with you guys today. And uh, I want to share this uh, quote with you today. It comes from one of my favorite people, and it comes from John Maxwell. And he says, Everything rises and falls with leadership. And uh, I'm so grateful and so thankful uh for the leadership of this house and the pastors that i get to serve with and be covered under and i'm so grateful for pastor travis and miss kelly uh, for giving me the opportunity to come speak with you guys today and pastor freddie and pastor andrick as well and pastor chad and miss cheryl over at airport i'm so so grateful that I get to serve. I feel like the 96 Dream Team, the USA Basketball Team, like Pastor Travis is Michael Jordan, can't nobody top him, but man, I feel good like a Scottie Pippen or somebody up in here today. Uh, But if you guys could, can we just honor all of our pastors and our staff? (laughs) So grateful for them. All right, if you got your Bible today, we're gonna be in 1 Samuel chapter three. And do I have anybody that's got a paper Bible today? Any paper Bible? Guys, here in the balcony. Okay, I know it's true because you guys are closer to Jesus this morning. And uh, if you have a paper Bible, this is going to be your fast pass to get to heaven quicker. All right, so uh, just so you guys know, and somebody's saying, "Girl, we gotta go get a paper Bible right after today's service." So, uh, but First Samuel chapter three, and we're going to start in verse one here today, and it says, "The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli." And in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. And I wanna ask you guys and set the preface for today, do you feel like you're in a season where God is not speaking to you? Or have you ever been in a place where the word of the Lord has been rare over your life? And one night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am, you call me. But Eli said, I did not call you, go back and lie down. So he went and lay down and again the Lord called Samuel and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. Now this is really strange. Because we expect the voice of the Lord to sound something, you know, deep and monotone, you know, like something we saw out of vacation Bible school days. Samuel, it is I, oh God. Here I am. What are you doing? Nothing, God. I'm just sleeping. Cool. But I think it's so funny that apparently it sounded so much like what Samuel was used to that he he ran to where Samuel normally would go he go to Eli you called me Eli said my son I did not call you go back and lie down I feel like I'm talking to a three-year-old you need some milk and cookies you need a transformer night nightlight to go go to sleep what's the deal go to sleep is what Eli was really saying that's the AIV by the way that's the Adam international version don't know if you guys have that but I have it in mine now Samuel did not know the Lord just yet The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called, Samuel, here I am, you call me. Samuel got up and went to Eli and then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak Lord for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there calling as at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, see, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears it tingle. I've always been fascinated by this scripture because I'm Samuel in a lot of cases. I'm Samuel even today, if we can be completely honest, that I feel like God is speaking to me, but I'm not sure if it's God speaking or not. And maybe many of us have been in that place where we feel like God is telling us to do something, but we also don't know if it's the pizza we ate for lunch. And if you guys ate Little Caesars, it probably speaks to you very quickly. And so the Lord is speaking to Samuel If we can be honest, some of us are just kind of going through the daily routine. We're going through the motions. We're trying to provide for our family, go to work day in and day out and go to school. We're still trying to figure out what we want to do for the rest of our life, who we should marry. Even though we're 12 years old, we're trying to figure out who our boo's gonna be forever. That was a joke, by the way, you can laugh there. And we're trying to figure out all these relationships or find our purpose. And while we all want to hear God's voice in this room today, it can be difficult for us to discern what's God and what's not. And with the constant flows of news and social media telling us what we should and should not believe, it could be even more difficult to discern who God is in our life. And so in this scripture, we find a young man named Samuel, and most scholars believe he was about 12 years old around this time. And he begins to encounter God for the first time. And my prayer for us today, church, is that we encounter God today. No matter what season of the journey you may be on today, I believe God is in the house today, and he's waiting on you to encounter him. And so Samuel encounters God for the first time, and we find the Lord getting ready to transition Samuel from boyhood to priesthood. And so the prophet Eli was shepherding Samuel, if you will. And in fact, the whole first two chapters of 1 Samuel are about Samuel's mother. As we alluded to today, I think it's so the Holy Spirit doing this today that we had these amazing moms and dads dedicating their children today to the Lord. And we find in the first part of 1 Samuel that Hannah, Samuel's mother, began to dedicate her son Samuel to the Lord. But before that, she was having trouble bearing children And she got to a place in her relationship with God that she was just praying for God to do something and show up in her life. And so she did what only she knew to do and she went to the house of the Lord. And just FYI, ladies and gentlemen, just in case you forgot, this is the place where miracles can take take place in our life. It is in the house of the Lord that God can show up and do something impossible today. So I'm thankful that we can come in the house like Pathway Church and we can say, God, do whatever you wanna do today. I'm here and I'm expecting and I'm ready for you to move on my behalf today. Do I have anybody grateful for Pathway Church today (laughs) that we can gather in his name? So she began praying, getting anxious. She knew that she wanted to have kids and she made this promise to God right? We all kind of do this. Some of us probably made this commitment today coming in. God, if you answer my prayer today, I'll serve you all the days of my life. Sound familiar, right? And so this is what Hannah was praying, and she began to desperately pray to God. she, Scripture says she began to pace back and forth. And I don't know if you guys have ever been in that moment with God where you just kind of get lost in his presence and you're just kind of, you know, praying, God, won't you do something in my life? And one of my good buddies, Josh White, over at airport campus, he told me he wouldn't mind if I shared this story. Or maybe he didn't, I don't know. But I'm going to share it anyways, and I'll ask for forgiveness later. But he, uh, he was telling me the other day, you know, I've been trying to work out a little bit more, get as buff as Pastor Freddie as best as I can. And uh, he, he was telling me a gym story. And he said he was in the gym one day lifting, you know, and he had his worship music on. I believe it was that song, Believe For It, that we just sang. I don't know about y'all, but I feel some chains breaking on that song, somebody, especially when Asia sing it. Oh, girl, come on now, you can, Woo, we about to have church. Anyways, and back to the story, AP, let's get it. So uh, he was lifting weights and he said, just in the middle of his workout, he dropped his dumbbells and he just threw his hands up, closed his eyes, just began to worship. And he looked around and everybody was staring at him. And they were like, Josh, are you cool? He's like, nah, man, I'm just stretching. I'm good, bro. It's, it's all good. It's all good, man. And we've all been in places like that where the Spirit of God's just moving. And so scripture says that Hannah was mumbling under her breath. And Eli, at the beginning, of, or at the house of the Lord, he, was, he thought she was drunk. He was like, girl, what is wrong with you? Uh, again, that's the AIV. You know, you're not going to find it in your Bible, but essentially, that's what he told her. He said, "What's wrong with you?" And so she begins to pour her heart out to, to Eli, saying that she can't have children, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And what was so cool about this moment is that Eli told her, "Go home, and what you ask of the Lord, He will remember you this day." Literally, the next day, she gets pregnant, and so she begins to raise Samuel and Eli begins to pray for her, and beginning of chapter 2, she goes to the house of the Lord and dedicates Samuel to the Lord. And what's so crazy about this story is midway through chapter 2, Scripture says they dropped off Samuel for him to minister underneath Eli, and then they just went home. His mom and dad just went home. Now, granted, there are times when I wanna drop my three-year-old son off with a babysitter and not come back, if I can be completely honest. And this is what essentially Hannah and her husband did at this point in time. But I, I think there's a point in this to say that Samuel was allowing God to move him in the right position. His mom knew that he had a calling on his life. And so she put him in the right position for God to get him in the right place. And I think it's so important for us to not get impatient with God when the position we are in doesn't match up with what we know God has said. It is so important for us to enjoy the position we are in right now. God is saying, are you willing to say, here I am in this moment, in this time. I know you wanna be a mom down the road. I know you wanna start this business down the road, but are you willing to say, here I am in this season, in this moment today? And I believe God is getting ready to put a lot of us today in this moment in position for him to do something miraculous. Samuel was called to be a prophet to the nations, but first he had to get in position as a servant. Eli had two sons, and you may be asking why, well, Adam, why is Eli getting kind of moved out of the way? God was getting ready to transition Eli as the prophet to make Samuel take his place, and I asked this question, I was like, God, why are you doing this? Like, that, that's me. But I read deeper in chapter 2, and so Eli had two sons, and the scripture says this. This is Bible, this isn't me talking. The scripture says they were scoundrels. And uh, don't nudge your husband at that moment. Please don't do that. That, that wouldn't be good. But uh, so Eli, Eli's sons, what was happening was they were tasked to help uh, Eli kind of manage the, the sanctuary, the house of the Lord there. And what was happening is people were bringing their offering. They were taking people's offering for themselves and then also selling it just to gain a dollar. On top of that, they were taking advantage of all the women that would come there and pray to God. And so the Lord came to Eli one night and he said, hey, you need to do something about this or I am. And so as the story goes, Eli decided not to do anything. And so, well, if you're not going to do it, God says, well, I'm going to give some, get, raise up somebody that will. And in come Samuel. And here's the thing we need to know today, churches: God will begin working things behind the scenes to help you get in position to speak something to you. Don't get tired in doing good things. Don't be weary in well-doing. Keep moving, keep moving going and believing and praying for God to do the impossible and at just the right time he will get you in position to speak something over your life which brings me to my next point my first point position yourself to hear from God position yourself to hear from God there is power in your positioning church there's power in your posture your heart has to be in a perspective, in a frame of reference that is eager to hear and expects to hear the voice of God speaking to you. Some of us in this room today, if we can be completely honest, we don't talk to God because we feel like He doesn't want to talk to us. We feel like we've done messed up too many times, we've said the wrong thing too many times for Him to speak to us. It's like, it's like that, first, that person that you call all the time and you're praying to God, you get their voicemail. You know what I'm talking about. Like you don't want to talk to them whatsoever and you're praying, Lord, let me get their voicemail and everything's going to be all right. And a lot of times we treat our relationship with God like that, like he doesn't want to talk to us. He doesn't want to call us. He doesn't want to do anything with us. And here's the thing that I need to break off your life today, church. is that God, if God wanted somebody else, he would get somebody else. But God chose you. God wants you, God put the DNA in you, God put the passion in you, God put the purpose in you, God put you in position for you, God wants to say something to you for you, nobody else. And so whatever he's put inside of you is for you. That's why you don't have to get jealous, that's why you don't have to envy nobody else because what He's called you to do is for you. It's for you. Woo. Y'all better quit. I feel like preaching today, man. I'm telling you. God chose you. And see, the thing is, the enemy wants to convince you that only certain people have a hotline to God. Like Pastor Travis, he's so amazing, but he's the only one that can talk to God. And the enemy will begin to put doubt and fear into your life that God doesn't want to talk to you, and so we just don't. We just move on with our life, and come to church on a Sunday and check off our box every weekend. And the enemy wants you to stay in that routine, in that pattern. He doesn't want you to think that a fruitful relationship with God doesn't exist but only for certain people. Because he knows as long as you and I can be convinced in who God's called us to be and who he is in our life, Not even hell itself can break the power of what God is doing in our life. The moment that we realize as a church who we are and whose we are, man, I'm going to tell you, that's when miracles begin to happen and take place. You guys keep praying for revival. Allow revival to start taking place in your own heart. Allow revival to start taking place in your own family and in your own life. The devil is afraid of you why on earth do you think he keeps putting all this pressure on you to not do what God's called you to do he's afraid and scared of what you're about to do through God in your life and one way he will do that church is he he will downsize your expectation he will say well God can't do that God doesn't work miracles anymore that's only for the Old Testament that's only for the New Testament That's only for certain people. I love what A.W. Tozer says, he says this, the person that does not expect to hear God won't because every single time God speaks, they will just discount it as their own idea. Church, I came to tell you today, your expectation is a direct path to what you will experience. If you came today expecting God to do an amazing thing in your life, well, chances are that's what's gonna break loose but if you came here just to check off a good box and just to be here and fill up a seat and just kind of say hey to that person you really don't want to say hey to and do all these different things, but if you came today saying, I need a word from God today. If you came in the house today to say, God, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't have all the answers, but I'm here. Here I am. Speak to me, oh God. I'm ready for you to break loose in my life today. My heart is full of expectation. I want God to do something amazing in my life. I wanna maximize every moment. Not only here at Pathway, but in my family, in my job, in every single walk of my life, I wanna maximize it to the best of my ability. We have a heart full of expectation that I am one of the sheep in God's fold, that he chose me and I can hear his voice. John 10, 27 says this, my sheep listen to my voice and I know them and they follow me. Jesus is saying the default position for my flock is to hear my voice. And it's one of the enemy's schemes to tell you that you gotta be something more, you gotta be somebody different, you gotta do something different, you gotta get a different perspective and God made a mistake picking you. It's the scheme of the enemy that we can be anything else but a son or a daughter. So, church, what are you expecting today? Did you come here full of expectation? Are you watching full of expectation today? Isn't it crazy that we're so hungry and thirsty to get a word from somebody else instead of the presence of God? We're so busy and wrapped up in what Facebook has to say, news outlets, social media has to say, so much so that it's beginning to dictate our identity that we're not taking time to get in the presence of God and position ourselves for God to speak to us. We are allowing people and circumstances to frame our expectation. And the enemy loves this game that he loves to play. And it's what I call the what if game. What if God doesn't come through? What if you can't overcome that addiction? What if you can't be who he's called you to be? What if God isn't real? What if he is not who he says he is? And I came to counteract that today to say, what if he's telling the truth? What if he is who he said he is? What if he does have a purpose for you? What if he does have a purpose and a plan and great things in store for you? The enemy wants you to put, look at all the negative things. There's a reason that the news is so negative. Because it wants to trap you in the bondage of fear. Hearing from God begins when we get into the right position because we understand who he is and who he's not. So my next point for you today is be still and know. Be still and know. Psalms 46.10, he says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted in earth and this next point i want to share with you make sure you write this down because i believe note takers get in the line first at heaven just fyi it's just a joke guys chill out it's all good a key to hearing god's voice consistently in your life is having an understanding of who god is and who he's not there have been times where i've been in this huge crowd of people and my wife is across the room somewhere else And all she has to do is yell out, hey, AP. And I know by the sound of her voice who it is calling out my name because I've spent time with her. I know her voice. I know who she is and who she's calling because I have a relationship with her. And the moment that you get along with God, that's when you begin to hear his voice. And the Bible says that he begins to order the voices of the people. And if you get along with God, if you're wondering what your next step is, I'm going to tell you the secret. Get in position and be still and know who he is in your life. That's who God is for you. But so... We can, If we can be honest today, church, we all want to skip the relationship aspect of God because it gets messy. Every relationship you've probably been in, even with your marriage, all that kind of stuff, there are parts and times where it gets messy. It's a commitment. And so many times we want to skip the relationship aspect of God and we want God to be our fortune teller. Hey, God, you know, You know, this is my imaginary genie in a bottle right here, okay? Just so, just imagine with me today. Hey, God, if you really love me, will you bring a husband or a wife into my life? If you really love me, God, won't you just put a couple meals in my bank account, dear God? Oh, yeah. Won't you just do it, God? I'm going to slap this thing. I got to throw some elbow grease on that thing. Let it go. And we're just praying for God to be our fortune teller, or better yet... We think God is our Uber driver. Like we get in the back seat and we tell him where to go. He said, on his navigation, he's telling us to turn left. But hey, God, <laughs> hold on just a second, my man. Why don't we just go right? That's a lot easier path. There seems to be like a dead end or some challenges on this road. Why don't we just go to the right, right over here? And we're trying to tell God where to go like he has no idea what he's doing you cannot get direction from god if you don't take the, the time to hear his voice and learn his character he is a good shepherd and in a time and a day in our culture where news is trying to build us to filter our whole entire life around what they say, I believe today we have a church in this room today that we're not going to stand for status quo, but we're going to look through the filter of the good shepherd. He is a good and faithful God. And when you think he's late, he's right on time today, church. He's right on time. And I need to, I need to share this with you. And I believe this is gonna break a lot of us free today. Can I tell you that the words shame, condemnation, confusion are not in God's dictionary. He is a good and faithful God. And he has an amazing plan for you. But so many times the enemy wants to lessen our expectation to say we will never amount to anything in the will of God in our life. When all you have to do is get in position and be still and know that he is God. That's when he begins to speak to you and show you that he's good. And here's the thing, you guys have heard this before, but I think it's so cliche nowadays, but God is not the author of confusion. If you're confused right now, I would challenge that it may not be of God. God is not the author of confusion. The enemy wants to confuse you so much to where you never act on what God is telling you to do. God is good. That is the starting place. And here's the key. God wants you to hear his voice more than you actually do. He has so many things that he wants to download into your life. But unfortunately, some of us aren't available to hear it. Learning to hear God's voice is found in relationship with him. And have you guys noticed, I don't know if this works for you guys or not, but this is kind of how the enemy attacks me a lot of the times. But he always asks a question. So like if God's speaking to you and you know God's called you to do something, the enemy will always follow up with a question. Did God really say, It's the same thing he asked Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden in Genesis chapter 2. Did God really say you're an overcomer? Did God really say that you're supposed to start that business or you're supposed to kick that addiction to the curb? Did God really say you can do that? And so then what he can do is get you to stop and listen and start questioning not only yourself but what God told you. And so we begin to listen to everything the enemy has to say. Did he really say? But I came to tell you today that all of God's promises are yes and amen. Every bit of them. Discern means to separate. And So where we find in verse 9, Eli is discerning that the Lord is speaking to Samuel. And this one's going to kind of hits you in the gut a little bit, and I hope it does. Samuel's greatest revelation came while he was resting. If it was God speaking, you just have to be in position for it. And here's the thing, church, the enemy wants you to be so busy with life that you don't take the time to listen to God. If he can keep you so busy in your busyness and working your schedule, come on, somebody, working your schedule and trying to do all these things. And here's the thing, God's not mad at you for doing those things. He wants you to work with everything that you've got. He wants you to put your hands to the plow and give him all the glory and praise. But the problem is you're outpouring so much and you're never taking the time to be filled up on the inside. And so you're pouring out every single day, you're draining yourself, you're pouring out, you're trying to do whatever you can to give your family the best that you got. But the moment that you don't take time to spend with God and allow him to not only fill you up, but get your cup overfloweth, scripture says. The moment that you begin to overflow, that's when God can begin to do the miraculous. But the enemy wants to keep you so busy because he wants to keep you running on empty. Is that you today, church? Is that you at airport? Is that you online today? Are you running on empty? There's a big difference between the rituals of religion and a relationship with God. It's one thing to come in this place and just mark off a check mark and do your good deed for the week but it's a whole other thing to get in the ball game and let God use you and speak to you. You see, Samuel was doing all the right things. Samuel was baking the bread. He was helping Eli at the tabernacle, doing his thing to do it. He was being a great servant. The scripture says he did not know the Lord for himself. And if you're going through the motions, just checking off a box today, if you're coming to just... Oh man, when is that preacher going to get done preaching? That fried chicken's getting cold at my house. If all you're doing is waiting for God to to not do anything in your life, you have a less expectation. It's possible we may have missed the relationship aspect of God. To know Him is to know His voice and what He says about you. And my last point today, and we're going to close with this the breakthrough is in the blue. breakthrough is in the blue Uh, how many of y'all have an iPhone any iPhone users just kind of wave at me all right we're gonna pray for everybody that's got an Android phone right after this service (laughs) just to make sure you guys are good that y'all get into heaven as well but there's a, a remarkable thing on this iPhone where if you're in a text message thread with somebody if they send you a message it's great And then the moment you respond, it's a blue bubble. You know, it's kind of color-coordinated, kind of cool, that kind of thing. And uh, when Danielle and I first got married, uh, I was working for a cell phone company. I'm not going to name which one because there are certain stigmas that happen with cell phone companies. So y'all just bear with me, okay? I was just trying to sell and do my best, all right? That's all I got for you today. But uh, I was working this big cell and uh, we had a, a business we had been trying for a few months to try to come in and get all their phones with our company. And uh, man, I was gonna make a great commission off this. I ain't gonna lie to you, it's great. And so we got uh, over 50 phones that we were doing. And as you guys know, if you've been to any kind of cell phone uh, shop or whatever for any amount of time, just to upgrade one phone can take you about two and a half hours, right? Am I right on that? Amen, all right. But uh, so I, got, I was working on this big project and, uh, here at work and I was really you know into talking with a customer you know trying to be a good salesman and then all of a sudden I saw on my phone where Danielle was starting to text me and so I look at I open the phone the phone up and there's this big laundry list of stuff that I've what I call a honeydew list right after I get off work a honeydew list for me to go get but here's the cool thing and crazy thing at the same part. She put in there, I love you so much, Adam. You're the best husband in the world. I wouldn't want any other husband. You're the best husband I've ever had. I'm like, I'm the only husband you've ever had. Chill out, all right? And she's like pouring her heart out in this big, long text message that was going to take me about 35 and a half minutes just to read part of it. And I made the mistake of opening my phone up. And at that time, I had on red receipts, and she saw where I had read it, but not responded. <laughs> so, as this proceeds, she, it, it started to kind of escalate and snowball after that moment. I just kind of put the phone down. And the, the thing about it is, I didn't want to voice text her back, you know, because that thing would autocorrect. And when has autocorrect ever blessed anybody? Worked in anybody's favor? I could have told her, I love you like a fat kid loves cake, and it would have said, maybe loving you was a mistake. <laughs> I'm like, no, I didn't say that. Let me get that back, Lord. And so a couple of hours go by, and I'm still working on this, and I look down at my phone, and it's continuously going off. S-s-s-s-s-s-s-s- and I thought we were getting taken over by like the wasps during summertime. Like I, had to, I went and got the raid and everything. I was ready to go to battle. But man, my phone was buzzing so much. And she began to have this crazy conversation with herself because I wasn't responding. And she began to say, Adam Parker, are you mad at me? Where are you? What are you doing? Do you not want to be married to me anymore? And then the, bit, the best one is, dot, dot, dot. Okay, I see how it is. <laughs> and then here's another one that she threw in there. Adam Christopher Parker. Oh, y'all, yeah, y'all know. <laughs> y'all know. And then here's the bad part. Gentlemen, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna set you free today. The moment that she says this next line, you better call home as quick as possible. I'm telling you, I'm gonna pray for you. And man, (laughs) I allowed the busyness to get the best of me. And I wonder so many times if that's our relationship with God. That God is speaking. He's prompting. God had to tell Samuel three different times before Samuel ever got wind of what was going on. And what God is speaking over you and I today, church, is that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. That you have a purpose and a calling. Don't allow culture to dictate you because I'm telling you who you are. I formed you in your mother's womb. I knew you before the earth began. But the problem with culture and the busyness of life is that we've allowed and we've left God on red. And we say, God, I I know you've said these things a couple of years ago, a couple of hours ago, but I've gotten so busy, caught up in the rims and all these different things of life and I need you to speak to me today. But the breakthrough is in the blue. The breakthrough is in the blue. The moment that you respond to what God has told you And the moment that I responded back to my wife, I'm telling you today, everything began to take shape and form, and I believe today for Pathway Church that it's our job as a church, as a body of believers, is to get in the right position with God and be still and know that He is God and He can do all things. But it doesn't stop there. The breakthrough is in the blue that you begin to respond to what God has told you. You begin to say, I am who he says I am. And I'm gonna go through any trial, any tribulation, any valley that I'm going through today because the breakthrough is in the blue today, church. The breakthrough is in the blue. breakthrough is... i had to tell Samuel three times. And the thing I need to tell you today is you will realize God's purpose once you get in your place. If God's dropping off the mail and you're not home, you won't get it. And you'll think that he's not sending you any letters, he's not speaking to you because you've been out of position and out of place. And I learned something as I was praying over this is that God is always speaking all the time, but the enemy has kept you busy because if he can keep you busy, he can keep you out of your purpose because he knows just because you read it, read it doesn't mean you believe it. But the moment, (laughs) help me Holy Spirit, the moment that you say enough is enough. I'm not gonna allow Lies and labels to dictate who I am in God, but I'm going to get in the right position in the right place and I'm going to be still and know. I'm not going to let busyness define me anymore. I'm not just going to go through a routine. I'm not just going to go through my normal schedule, but I'm going to come with an expectation full of God, full of praise, full of worship, full of everything that I've got. And all I'm going to say is get in place, be still and know. And here I am, oh God. Won't you use me today? And here's the thing, church. It's what Jeremiah said. It's what Isaiah said. It's what Samuel said. They didn't have it all figured out. You don't have to have all your questions and your prayers answered. All God is saying, will you just stand and be available today? Will you just stand and say, here I am today. Are you available? Are you available, church? Everybody online, put it in the chat. Here I am. We hope you've been blessed by this week's podcast. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes and visit pathwaychurch.us slash give. We'll see you next week.